welcome to part two of the 2011 train show review here on Model Railroad Hobbyist Podcast. And I'm your host, Paul Gillette, so let's pick up where we left off. Well, we're bringing this back home to uh, Model Railroad Hobbyist. How do you uh, think the show went for us? I mean, the contacts, the the comments, the exposure, how do you think it was? Well, there's really two sides to that. Okay. One side is the readers and our booth and our presence there for the readers. And there's also, in, uh, in that particular area, there's also, Charlie and I presented some clinics earlier in the week. And so there's that side of it, too. And then the other side of it, of course, is how we make our money, which is the advertising side, and that's more Richard and to some degree Jeff, because that's more the uh, the manufacturers. So I will talk about the reader side, and then I'll let them talk about the manufacturer side, because that's their their area of expertise. Fair enough. Okay. So yeah. uh, we had uh, the largest booth we've ever had at a train show we had this year, and we had a pretty good traffic, particularly Friday and Saturday at the booth. And I had a lot of people come by that said, we get your magazine, we love it, uh, it's great, uh, you know, we, we can't get enough. Uh, the only thing you guys could do better would be to be weekly instead of monthly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. Uh, and we had, I don't know, my guess is about a third of the audience had never heard of us before. So that's always good. You know, we've got room to grow, and I always like to see that. And so we gave away a lot of free discs of uh, with the magazine on it. Um, we also had a free drawing for an iPad. So word got around that we were doing that, and we had a lot of people coming to the booth and signing up for the free iPad. Um which we did give away on Sunday, but we'll talk about that, I think, a little later. The other thing we did, Charlie and I both did clinics earlier in the week. Charlie did two clinics, and I did two clinics. Um, Charlie's One one of Charlie's clinics was uh, one on photography, model railroad photography. Uh, Charlie is an award-winning model railroad photographer, so he knows his stuff. And his clinic was absolutely fabulous. The photography in the in the clinic is worth just going to the clinic just to appreciate and enjoy that because it's fabulous modeling photography. Uh, but beyond that, he covered a lot of great insights into how to do really good model photographs as well. And he covered the gamut, I mean, from one end to the other. And it was standing room only in his clinics. So there was that one. Then he did one on scenery. Likewise, um, he's an accomplished scenery modeler. And if you've seen his Bear Creek and South Jackson, and anybody who reads the magazine has seen photos of his layout, um, he does a fabulous job with scenery. And he included some video clips in his clinic of some how-to on backdrops and how to do some vegetation. And again, it was standing room only, and uh, one uh, he had a lot of material packed into the scenery clinic, 
And so it tended to run a little long. Nobody moved. Everybody stayed to the very end. So definitely uh, people, I think, really enjoyed that clinic. Then I had two that I did. One was how to make it run like a dream, which is all about what you need to do to make your railroad run well. And again, I had uh, great attendance as well, standing room only. And one, one clinic, uh, I think it was the second one, they were not only standing up in the back of the room, but they were standing up along the walls of the room too. So, And I heard more, when I went to the booth later during the train show, I heard more people come to me and say, I got so much out of that clinic. It was so valuable. I even got a great compliment from uh, Ed McCammy, who's the the uh, NMRA standards chair. Okay. And, uh, he, he said that that's the only clinic he's ever seen where someone actually covered everything that's necessary to get a railroad to run well get your model railroad to run well. He said that he complimented me and said I did a great job of covering all the subjects, and he said I didn't just gloss over them either. I covered them in enough detail that people could get something out of it. Well, great. So anyway, I, I think that was really well received. And I'm uh, the reason why I do this stuff is because I like to see the light bulbs in people's eyes when they go, oh, that's how it works. So... So, you know, that, that was, that's the real enjoyment for me. And then the last clinic I did was um, online resources for model railroaders, and Jeff helped me with that. And, uh, we just kind of cover all the different things that are available in Internet space that you can do, emails, forums, blogs, um, podcasts, gee, <laughs> all the kind of things you can get. Uh, that has great model railroading resources on the internet. Well, that's great. Now, how about the? Uh, so you had the reader side, and then Richard and probably Jeff. Then we're interfacing with the manufacturers, the advertisers. Richard, yeah, nice. that's correct. Uh, um, we did, uh, or else speaking for myself anyway. Um, I tried to uh, to visit every manufacturer's booth at the show, and I think I was able to hit about 99% of them, and um, and talk to them about uh, our magazine. And uh, my pitch to them, or my presentation to them, was that um, I want to be on their new products mailing list. I want to find out what their ideas are, what their new products are so that we can present that to our readers. And when I first started doing this, which was, uh, I guess, in late, what, two years ago, Joe, something like that? Yeah, it was actually um, late 2008, I think. We had to spend an awful lot of time trying to explain who we, uh, who we were, what we were trying to do, and people looked at us and kind of scratched their head and said, well, that's nice, but, you know, I don't really think so. Well, that whole attitude has changed, I would say, in the majority of cases. Now people know about Model Railroad Hobbyist Magazine. They understand the concept a whole lot better, and and we were very welcomed in, uh, in, into their booth. So I think uh, a lot of progress has been made in the last uh, two and a half, three years, 
And um, I, as I say, my, my purpose was to try to um, make them feel comfortable about sharing information with me so that we can present it to our readers while it's still fresh. And, of course, I think that's an important concept because as an Internet publication, we don't have the week that it takes to get the magazine to the press and get the print run done and get the thing mailed out. You know, once once the magazine is ready to go, in a few hours, it's on the Internet. And you can literally download it and start reading it. So uh, that's one of the things that we do with Richard. The very last thing we put in the magazine is the news. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that deliberately so that we can get the latest hot off the press, so to speak, information about what the manufacturers are doing. Okay. Jeff, you got anything to add to that uh, from the perspective of you're the, uh, you know, the on-air guy holding the microphone, talking to all the people. I mean, they got to love you because you're giving them an opportunity to uh, tell us what's new. What's, uh, what's your impression? I consider myself to be the average model railroader on this crew, and Charlie and Joe are just light years above me and that sort of stuff. Um, and so I'm the guy who's going there wide-eyed and looking around for me. And this year, actually, um, what I, I think it really did turn for us in that in previous years, you had to go out a lot, and we still did, unless almost our marketing guy was all over the show. You'll see him wandering through the backgrounds and several of the videos, actually. Um, but we had to go out and get to the manufacturers and all the vendors. This year, they were coming to find us. No kidding. So it was, and it's like, and you just mentioned Model Rail or Hoggis, and they're like, oh, yeah, you guys are. Um, heck, I actually got us a new advertiser in about five minutes of conversation. It's like, whoa, this is working. I love it. Um, but, and that, that was that and figuring out what we wanted to videotape, what the manufacturers wanted us to videotape was largely my interaction with the manufacturers. Um, a lot of the time, as you probably saw from posts on the website, I was out there with my camera, um, which I'm inordinately proud of because it's brand new, um, shooting photos of everything in sight, um, layout-wise and whatnot. Uh, now, if you want to see literally all of the products, um, Go to the website, hit the blog, hit the blogs, and look for my posts on the guy with the camera that never stops. Because there's a dude out there, Harry Wong, who I think he's got over 400 photos of a, practically every new product that was at the show. The guy is incredible. There's no way I could ever keep up with him. Now, is he the guy that on your on your blog and you've posted uh, some photos up there, and I noticed that. Uh, like I'd ask you a question about a uh, a photo in there taken in the Canon booth. So is this the gentleman you're talking about that, you know, was so prolific with his camera and we've got him on the website? I think, it, well, we don't have him on the website. He's got his own, Okay. Uh, out at P-Base, which is just one of those big photo gallery sites. Okay. Um, 
I've been looking actually for that photo that you're referencing because I know I only took a couple shots myself at the Canon booth. Okay. Well, and I, yeah, I found the link by one of your your blog posts, and I clicked on it, and that's how I saw the photos. So that may have been Harry's one. But okay. if, you're, if you're seeing locomotives there at the Canon booth, I believe Elizabeth Allen was hanging around with Dave Hussey there. And yeah, Elizabeth he, Allen did build that. She is a, a very uh, a wonderful modeler, very respected modeler. That was a Southern Pacific SDP forty five, and I oh, spoke yes. with uh, I spoke with Dave Hussey about that, and he um, he said that it was uh, mostly scratch built. Wow! And uh, Elizabeth used a lot of Canon parts and a lot of uh, basic Evergreen uh, uh, styrene in building that up. She she's a sensational modeler. She really knows what she's doing. Then, I think that model uh, exemplified some of her work. Ah, oh, well, it was uh, incredibly detailed. I mean, it just caught my attention. Uh, uh, Rick, go ahead, um, Paul. I I did want to say that I think Jeff does a fabulous job with the the videos, acting as the anchor guy. And even though Jeff might claim that he's your your average model railroader. One of the things that I noticed, even from the first year when we started doing these video interviews in Anaheim, uh, Jeff stays pretty well informed uh, by visiting a lot of the manufacturers' sites and forums. And so one of the things that he really brings to these interviews that works really well is he can have a toe-to-toe conversation with the vendors about their products and, you know, ask intelligent questions and really, I think, make a great interview. So that's one of the things I really appreciate about him, even though he might say he's just an average modeler. That's right. I mean, he comes off on the screen. There's a lot more than that. I mean, Jeff, you do. You come off very professional and stuff. Excellent job. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. It's, it's gotten um, where if I don't have the quote-unquote intelligent questions. Um, with a lot of these people, the manufacturers, and we're generally talking to one of the top people in the company. And so you basically you interview them and say, what do you want to show us? And you just let them talk because they will talk all day about their products because they're really proud of them. Okay. Well, yep, that's a lot of what happens on the podcast. I get them talking, and they just fill the space with uh, really cool information. Now, uh, that and this is kind of a, a summation, but, you know, let's say that next year, this is your show. You're going to be the driving force behind it and so forth. Any thoughts on how you'd make it a better show? Well, that's a tough question. I have to think about that one. <laughs> they get some NMRA politics. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Don't not being judgmental, but going, you know, in your own mind, going, you know, this really worked well. Maybe we should have two of them next year or something like that. Something that sticks out in your mind that might be an enhancement to next year's show. If if you were the the promoter. Richard started out really well with his comment that it would be nice if it was priced somewhat less expensively. Okay, valid, very valid. I would, I would like greater access to the facility. Um, 
simply because every place I've been parking has been a hassle. Um, and so Sacramento actually looked like it had a fairly nice public trans transport or transportation system. And there's light rail on every other street of here. But uh, I definitely want to be able to set up, say, parking lots that were out of the area in cheap with shuttle buses. Okay. Very good. How about you, Richard? Well, I, I certainly would echo what uh, what Jeff just said. I would like to see the, the price brought down and make it more accessible to uh, to families. Uh, and I'm not convinced that this that this show needs to be in big cities. Um, some of the uh, suburb areas are developing uh, uh, good-sized convention centers that they're they're able to handle conventions without being downtown in in a major city. And the, usually the uh, the uh, hotels in those uh, suburban areas are a little more uh, inexpensive. And certainly, the parking is more readily available. That's a that's a great point, Richard. Excellent point. How about you, Joe? Well, I, when what Richard said earlier about like the S scale guys, I would really, uh, you know, if I was on the committee of one of these shows, I would be doing everything I could to encourage all of the minority scale guys to attend. One of the things that I've noticed as a modeler and as one uh, sort of a connoisseur of magazines in the hobby as well is that some of the more interesting and innovative works actually being done not exclusively but a lot of times by the people that are in what we would call the minority scales in other words the guys that aren't in ho like the n scalers they're doing some fabulous stuff or even uh ho standard gauge uh not an ho standard gauge so like hon3 uh, S scale certainly, uh, you know S scale. If if things had been different with the way the scales developed, I would have guessed, I would bet that S scale would be the predominant scale because Amen. It, Amen. it is just such the perfect, such a perfect size. Uh, you know, big enough that the stuff has heft, but small enough that you can get almost the same amount as you can in HO into the space, and the it, the thing that's unfortunate is because it is such a minority scale, there's not a lot of product available in that scale. So it's really a builder's scale. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but certainly if there were a lot more product available in the scale, you know, in other words, all things being equal, I bet S scale would be the leading scale. Okay. Well, I would agree completely with that, Joe. Okay. Okay. I've always thought it was an outstanding scale. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've often said, especially with the current level of offering of in-scale, the way detail is coming about, proportion of couplers and trucks, I mean, they're certainly much less toy-like. And uh, Yeah, if I had to do it over again, didn't have 30 years' worth of HO hanging around, I'd give a, give a nod to uh, in-scale, especially out here in the land of no basements. Uh, <laughs> any uh, other closing thoughts, guys, before we wrap this up? Well, I think one thing that, that uh, is probably in the, in, in the NTS favor is that while the NMRA convention and the NTS show are independent, 
Um, they, uh, of course, they have a common parent in, in NMRA, but they operate and function separately. The NMRA convention, which moves around the country, is generally run by the region that gets the bid for the convention in that particular year. And so you really have, in a sense, a, a brand new rookie team putting on the NMRA convention each time. In the case of the NTS, there is a, I guess you could call it a semi-permanent committee that manages NTS. So you're dealing with experienced people. Incidentally, all of these people are, are unpaid volunteers. But it, with NTS, you're dealing with experienced people who do learn and who are able to uh, incorporate uh, these new ideas for future shows. So. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, some of these ideas will, will get through to some of them and, and I'd love to see, uh, I'd love to see some of the changes implemented. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to give a shout out for the floor crew at the National Train Show. Okay. The two most stressful times in the train show are the two times that the public never sees, load in and load out. And these guys manage to perform some wild ballet of getting vehicles, trailers, people in, and then at the end, out of these facilities with, I won't say a minimum of stress, but as little as possible and a whole lot of coordination. And they, did, they simply did a fantastic job of it. And yeah, you got to wait in line, but that's because there's only so many doors and aisleways in the place. That's they right. Did a really great job this year. Joe, any parting uh, comments? Well, one of the things that we did, as I mentioned, is we had a free iPad drawing at our booth. Yes. And so on the last day, uh, the last half hour before the show ended, we actually took all of the slips that people had filled out, and we got Craig Martin of BLMA to come over, and he drew the winning slip for the iPad. And uh, it was great to have Craig be the guy who was doing that because Craig was our very, very first sponsoring advertiser. And, uh, you know, he was one of the guys that really got it right at, at the very beginning. You know, he said, you guys are doing this free magazine on the internet. I want in. That was basically what he said. But so he drew it for us and EW Sizerwinski of Truckee, California, won it. And, in fact, I've posted a picture. He sent us a photo of him grinning from ear to ear with his <laughs> holding his iPad with a with the current issue of MRH up on the iPad. Um, so, yeah, I yeah. saw that photo. Yeah, he looked happy. He, he certainly certainly does. So that was that was great. And I would like to make that a tradition, actually, at least for the next few years until iPads become... Ho hum, uh, and, and give iPads away each year at each each convention. Okay, it was a well. great chance. Well, listen, I'm uh, going to sign off now, and I want to say that uh, it's certainly been a pleasure and fun to talk to you guys tonight. Okay. Enjoyed talking about the uh, the Sacramento event. All right. Well, Jeff, Richard, Joe, appreciate you taking your time. You bet. Uh, and yeah. listeners, stay tuned for the uh, next issue of the Model Railroad Hobbyist Podcast. Mm-hmm.